Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. It's moving day in the NBA. The number two and three seeds in the West are in a world of trouble. The top seed in the East is on the brink of extinction. And it seems like the entire basketball world is already bracing for a Lakers-Warriors series in the second round. The Suns better not fall into this trap. Because even though they are now 11-1 with Kevin Durant, we have staged these kinds of disappointments before. We have not clinched a playoff series in Phoenix since 07. We have seen the Suns lose their focus and their edge by wrongfully assuming their downtrodden opponent would do the same. And we are going to learn a lot about this team's focus and their hunger tonight. Now, if applied properly, I believe this will be the party we're all looking for. But Russell Westbrook is playing for a new contract and his salvaged future. He is bound to get some whistles tonight. He had zero free throws on 29 field goal attempts to the basket in Game 4, mostly on relentless, aggressive drives to the hoop, and it's not out of the question that he throws up a Jimmy Butler game tonight, and we all saw how that worked out for Giannis and the Bucks. Remember, the teams that win championships are teams that never take their eyes off the proverbial prize, and there are a lot of them on the line tonight for the home team. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I mean, the approach is the same, you know. Don't uh, don't respect your don't disrespect your, your opponent. Um, know, know that um, you know, that's a bruised animal. And, you know, those are always the most aggressive ones. And understand that, you know, they're just not going to lay down. And we got to protect home regardless. And we're still working on us. That's what teams that's what people forget. We're working on us to, for us to be better and not for us to work on things. And for us to, we're hard on ourselves to close out games the right way. So, I mean, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, that is uh, DeAndre Ayton at practice yesterday on the approach for a closeout game. Same approach as always. I think uh, pretty wise for DeAndre Ayton to, you know, identify that the Clippers are a desperate, a desperate shorthanded basketball team, and they've been that for this entire series. The right. Suns have handled that business about as well as could be expected. I've been impressed with the, the fight of the Clippers, uh, the resolve, you know, being up against it in the last two games, especially without Kawhi Leonard. I expect nothing different from their compete level and their energy level, and that's all led by Russell Westbrook. Yeah, who has suddenly resuscitated a future that uh, seemed very kind of um, up in the air after the failed experience, uh, experiment with LeBron and the Lakers, and he's been absolutely terrific. So the question now becomes, does he bring that same relentless aggressiveness even in the face of a 1-3 deficit? And I think the answer to that is yes. And so, so I think if if I were the Suns, that's where I would begin with my game plan. And you hope that the you hope that the Clippers aren't making three point shots because that stuff can get can get kind of contagious. Um, whether or not the Clippers are desperate remain to be seen. Teams sometimes teams on the brink like this playing road games if they know they don't have enough, if they know they're not going to have enough, it, it's real easy for them to tap out. I'm surprised that the Clippers haven't put out something like. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If this game go, if this goes to the six or seven, they might be there. Exactly. Just to sort of like motivate everybody. Exactly to let you know that help is coming. It's like when it's like when the Suns knew that KD was coming into the lineup at some point in time. They were all on high alert. It's a, you. You take away that 
the reinforcements are coming, and it's a different psychological game, if you we, will. We talked about that before the Kawhi injury. That the Clippers maybe having that. Hey, if you get past Phoenix, and when it was one one, you get past Phoenix in this series. Paul George might might be back. Yep. In, in fact, it's trending that way. But then yep. the Kawhi injury happened. You know, why have the Clippers not put that out there? I think the guys in, the, in that locker room and that and the people in that organization know that they're not going to see Kawhi Leonard play until next season in a Clippers uniform again. I I you know, we we've been down this road before, and the Paul George progress seems to just have. Like you said, at the beginning of the series, it was like, oh, he's he's working out, he's looking good, he might be ready by the end of the series. And that, but they yeah, haven't an update. I know. Well, the, the last update was is he's unlikely to play, <laughs> and, and they've stuck to that. Um, going to the point in your uh, blast, Bick. Yeah, I don't know if this has ever happened. It's certainly shaping up to be this way in the Western Conference semifinals: a one, a four, a six, and a seven. Golden State is going to have, as a six seed, is going mm-hmm. to have home court advantage, it looks like, in the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But, again, I'm not lying. We all know this. Uh, a Lakers-Warriors series feels like, that That feels too big for the second round. I agree. Um, we talked about it all season, that the, the bottom half of the West just felt more dangerous right. than the top half, and it right. is actually playing out that way. So, so I, again, this, this is shaping up to be wonderful for the Phoenix Suns because having two stars in the lineup, particularly KD on the floor, it obviously magically solves the Suns' officiating issues. That seemed to be a nightly occurrence when KD was not on the team, mm-hmm. and and you get past that, you've got a nug- you likely will have a Nuggets team in the second round that they're good. Yeah, they're the number one seed, but we know what those number one seeds mean. These top seeds on both sides of the bracket. Mm. And then if it, it it does play out the way you implied, uh, Vinny, yeah. that means the Suns would have home court in the finals in the NBA uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, how they about play that? the winner of yeah. the six or the That's seven. That's right. Yeah, as I, a four seed. I just think and. A Again, I'm, I'm, sure I'm trying happened. not. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself here, but I, I look at the Nuggets and I just think I think the Nuggets are going to buckle from the pressure. I do not think they are ready for what this is going to feel like when they're having to be a team dealing with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in this Phoenix team that's kind of in their heads a little bit. But that's that's for after tonight, and this is what this is what this basketball team because they're all watching these games, right? We all know that. Well, DA is probably playing video games, but everybody else is watching these games, <laughs> and, and and so they're seeing what's happening here, and it's it's real easy for your mind to, to kind of drift a little bit, but it's shaping up good for the Suns. You, it, it, to me, I would rather have the Nuggets than the Warriors or the Lakers in the second round, regardless of the seeds. I and think about how ridiculous that sounds. I, I would rather begrudgingly draw, agree with you. On I that. would rather draw the top seeded team in the Western Conference who has home court advantage than I would the Warriors or the Lakers. That's just me. You might disagree with me. It's fine. It's cool. But so so I think once again everything seems to be lining up. And again, I I, I know that the world doesn't work this way. Things stars just don't align. It, it's there's not that kind of stardust and magic in the world, or is there? Right. So to me, I, I think that if you're the Suns, you just need to keep your head down and take care of business. 
because I love the way it's shaping up for this team. Yep, uh, the slow starts have been you know kind of constant for the Suns throughout this series. Devin Booker yesterday talked about how important it is to get off to a good start. As important as I say it is, we haven't done it yet. Um, we're trying to, you know, you have to credit them. They've came out playing well too. So, you know, we, you know, even if we don't get a good start, you know, we still just have to weather the storm. It's a, it's a 48 minute game, and we understand that. And the thing about our team, we haven't been shook yet. In, in those moments, we've came to the timeout, regrouped, and got on the same page, and we're at it. Yeah, the Suns are a minus 24 in four first quarters in this series. Uh, and he's right. They haven't been shook. They've overcome those deficits uh, to navigate th- themselves to, to three wins in this series. But you've proven you can do that. Prove something else. Prove you can blow yeah. a team out from the beginning. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. You know, a 48-minute party well, would be would be real nice to And Now, think about this. So, so if Game 4 was sort of a, a hint or a runway, as I called it, of what the Suns could do with a big three, then if you had that kind of game tonight, think about the kind of added pressure you're going to throw Denver's way in the second round if you come out tonight and look better than you have to date with Kevin Durant. Because it's going to feel like the Jets taking off. Uh-oh, they're figuring it out. Uh-huh. Yeah, a team figuring it out against a team that has had a lot more time together, that core's been together for a long time. Look, I I agree with what you said. Mm -hmm. If this happens and you've got Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, and the Lakers left in the second round, I think the Suns are taking on a one seed in Denver. It's not a bad place to be. No, not at all. The Denver Nuggets are a really, really good basketball team. I know that. I know that. But you're not going to, I mean, it's compared to, well, I've already said my piece. The, The history, the dynamics, the psychology and and staying away from the Warriors or the Lakers, you're only going to have to play one of those two teams, Yeah, which is good. Yep. <laughs> Score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 620-620 to get registered. Then listen for your name during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. That's TICKET to 620-620. Coming up next, a couple days away from the NFL draft, and it appears the Cardinals are back at work after their jaunt over the weekend, their irresponsible vacation. I'm joking. Uh, we'll get into some Cardinals talk next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona is open for business at three. I've heard from multiple teams that you can have the Arizona pick if you're willing to make an offer, which makes it really intriguing with all of these quarterbacks up top. You have a first-year head coach in Jonathan Gannon. You have a first-year general manager in Monty Asenfort. And you have an owner, Michael Bidwell, who looks to be maybe rebuilding this thing on the fly. It's Peter Schrager, NFL Network. Good morning, football. And you heard what he said. Arizona open for business at number three overall. I don't think that's any kind of surprise. Surprise. Uh, we've been talking about those possibilities now when you land at three. Uh, it, mm. As a team that does not need a quarterback in this year's draft, yeah. it opens up maybe a world of opportunity for you. And I'm starting to see some weird trends in the mock drafts. That always happens, too. Well, uh, yeah. you know, when you get closer to the draft, things just get goofy. I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen Jalen Carter mocked at number three to the Cardinals because uh, that's not happening. Will Anderson will be gone. That's not happening. Team's the, not touching Jalen Carter. Uh, I don't think so either. Um, but Darren uh, Darren Ravel tweeted this morning: big movement in NFL draft overnight in terms of odds. 
Will Levis moved from 50 to 1 to 20 to 1 to go number 1 overall mm-hmm. at Points Bet USA. Just moved again at 10 to 1. Wow. <laughs> what is going on, Vinny? Another sports book took down the first, second, and third overall market this morning. Something weird's going on. Well, there's a team with the number one pick who wants a quarterback, and we all assumed it was Bryce Young who who quit all his individual workouts for teams, which means he knows where he's being drafted, or it should mean that. Mm-hmm. It should. Right. You, he wouldn't cancel that if he wasn't sure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? I would think. <laughs> Yeah, we had Mike Florio on from Pro Football Talk yesterday, and he talked about the top of the draft and how things could very well begin at number three with the Cardinals, whether they keep or trade. If it goes quarterback one and quarterback two, and right now Will Levitz of Kentucky is the betting favorite to be the second overall pick in the draft of the Houston Texans, which is kind of a surprise, but I trust the information that the sports books have because they have a strong incentive to get things right. <laughs> but if that's the case, the Cardinals basically have the first pick in the draft for yeah. anybody who's not looking for a quarterback. So it's a valuable spot for them. It means they're going to get their number one guy or – they're going to trade to someone else who's thinking, hey, you know what? We really like Jalen Carter. We really like Will Anderson. We really like Tyree Wilson. We want to go up to de facto number one. And it comes down to how much the Cardinals get offered. Then Todd McShay on ESPN had a piece, his latest draft intel. Uh, for the Cardinals, he's got maybe them moving all the way down to 11 if they can find a partner. Uh, he writes, that uh, sets up an interesting scenario. We've all mocked Will Anderson or Ty- Tyree Wilson to the cards for a while, but if they're truly looking for a big-time offensive lineman reinforcement, which is what he's hearing, could they slide back and take Northwestern's Peter Skoronsky? I've heard they're interested in moving back would not only give them more picks down the board and or in future years, but also put them in a better value range for him. Even if it's all the way back to number 11, Skoronsky could be available. Other names that could be if they go off Offensive line, if that's how they want to go. Uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia. Paris Johnson from Ohio State. There's reports that Kyler Murray has been in the ears of Cardinals brass singing the praises of Paris Johnson, the tackle. So (laughs) there's a lot of strange late developments going on. Yeah, as you might expect in the NFL draft, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I can't get this Will Levis thing out of my head because two weeks ago, the report, and this is how silly this whole disinformation season has become. People were claiming with a straight face that talent evaluators were turned off by the size of his biceps, that it inferred something about his personality that might uh, might be too reckless with the football, that he might be uh, – again, how, how nonsensical does this stuff have to get before you kind of just call BS on all of it? Um, it it gets nonsensical. Yeah, it gets it gets but, nonsensical. But then, I mean, but you look at the history of big bicep quarterbacks, yeah, right? I mean, there's, there's not, not a lot of them. I get that. Lot of them. I, mean, I get there's not Br- a lot of Brady them. Quinn comes to mind. He didn't exactly and have he a great very NFL good. career. Was no. Tim Tebow big bicep? He was big bicep. He wasn't very big good. Biceps? Yeah, but he it, wasn't very it good. It wasn't his biceps that stopped him from throwing the ball. No, no. My uh, this is my baseline uh, on, <laughs> and it's very base. Quarterback evaluation as they project to the NFL from college. Ask yourself the question, did this quarterback do anything special in college? Statistical, 
win awards, win Something. a lot of games. Yeah. And I look at Will Levis, and I know people say, well, he was running for his life behind that Kentucky offensive line last year. Mm-hmm. Last year he threw for 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions on a team that went 7-6 and six in the SEC. There's nothing special about that that particular career, resume, however you want to put no. it. No. And just like Anthony Richardson hasn't done anything that special on a football field. Anthony, but at least you can point at the, I mean, the highlight tape is yeah. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But then you go and you look at the stats, and in a rivalry game at Florida against Florida State late in the season, he completed 32% of his passes. This is people willing, you know, Mitchell Trubisky to be a great yeah. prospect yes. all over again, even yeah. though he didn't what have did he, What yeah. did he do in college he that was nothing. special? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, and then, then you look at all this stuff that's come out about C.J. Stroud that is bordered on slanderous in terms of a, you know character assassination. Oh, he blew off the Manning camp. Well, hold on. Is that really what happened here? So there was a, a narrative that Speaking was... Speaking of Brady Quinn again, yeah, he's well, the guy right. that put that he's out there. He's the guy that put that out and there. And got skewered, skewered by ESPN counterparts. Skewered for it. From people who know, said, listen, it, that's not what went down here. So it, it's a lot of loose talk, a lot of subterfuge is the word, and it's it's part of the reason why I, I enjoy the draft, but I also hold it in contempt. It will be interesting to see sort of what Florio was implying We've talked so much about, okay, the Cardinals could trade that pick, but someone will want to come up and get a quarterback. If quarterbacks go 1-2, what if a team really wants to come up and get Will Anderson? Would they trade that pick? Would the Cardinals trade that pick in that scenario? I think that's a fascinating question. We've we've you're right. We've only talked about the possibility of a team really moving up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if Will Anderson and some people don't even have Will Anderson as the best defensive player in this draft, they've got Jalen Carter or they got Tyree Wilson rated ahead of him, depending on the big boards that you look at. But you know, is is it one of those guys that somebody wants to move up for? It's it's pretty rare to move up for a defensive yeah. player. Yeah, and again, I, I I still I still am clinging to the belief that opportunities are going to arise for the Cardinals to trade down and out of this pick. I'm hoping for it. I think it's what would be best for this organization, and, and the Skaronsky kid wouldn't be a bad place to start your rebuild. Go get the best offensive lineman you can find. Yeah. Some they have not the, to date. They've not really invested in this at least recently. Not since DJ Humphrey. No, <laughs> and that pick has actually worked out pretty well for them. Uh, draft night just two nights away for the Arizona Cardinals and the rest of the league. But tonight is game night. Suns Clippers game five. Will it be a closeout scenario for the Suns? We'll talk to ESPN NBA insider. Actually, we'll whisper to him. Uh, Brian Windhorst joins <laughs> us next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Morata talk Suns Clippers. Now, Jared just wanted to hear some Chris Cornell. That's all. I did have the desert. Well, it's the desert and the covered up my mistake pretty good. Thirsting and all the stuff, our condition, it wraps Uh, it up well. Game five tonight at uh, Footprint Center. Suns hosting the Clippers with a chance to close them out here to talk about the series. ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Brian, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us again. We appreciate it. 
Good morning. Uh, this has been an entertaining series. I uh, One of the takeaways that we've had is just the, the compete level, the energy level, the fight in the Clippers despite being shorthanded. How much of that do you think they have left going into a closeout game situation? Well, I mean, <laughs> the game that the Clippers won in this series, Kawhi Leonard played, you know, a a plus basketball mm-hmm. and that was the difference in the game and you can you can break down you know various things that the Suns maybe didn't do well or have struggled with and you can talk about Russell Westbrook and some of those hustle plays and everything but you know they won that game because they had Kawhi Kawhi scoring 38 and just looking you know extremely healthy and you know um the, their their pathway to upsetting the Suns was was having that type of performance, like you know, multiple times in the in the series. And that's obviously not going to happen, you know. So um, uh, the Suns need to take care of business. Their their minutes are, are high. That's the biggest I think concern that you have with them is that you know. Durant's minutes are really high. Booker's minutes are really high. So buy yourself some, some days off by finishing them off tonight. When you look at what happened in Game 4, there was privately uh, some of us here. We started to wonder and worry if the Suns had a Chris Paul problem, if he had kind of passed the line of diminishing returns. Game 4 was a welcome respite. He made 12 points in the fourth quarter. Where do you see this thing going forward with the Suns and a point guard who's about to turn 38? Yeah, it's, you know, there's kind of, whenever you're at this time of year, you're, there's kind of two things. You've got what's up in your face right now because you're dealing with the, you know, day-to-day of fighting in a playoff series. And then you're dealing with the 30,000-foot situation. You know, this is happening all over the place. You know, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're a game away from Brooke Lopez and Chris Milton being free agents and Giannis and Drew Holiday sitting on extension decisions. All of a sudden, you know, you know reality comes into real quick. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, there's definitely going to be something that the Suns have to grapple with in the offseason and the complexities of that contract um, are definitely going to be there. Um, and I do think that that's you know, a thing to, to look at. I also think that they are absolutely having a brilliant offensive um, uh, series so far. And, um, you know, ultimately I think there's going to be games where Chris is going to be called on to, um, you know, make some clutch shots. And, you know, you think that you sort of just believe that he can. Um, maybe he will, maybe he won't on some of them. But, like, you know, they're, they're shooting over 50% as a team. I think they have the second best offense um, of the playoff teams thus far. I know we're talking about small sample sizes, yeah. but I think only the Heat uh, performed better than them. And, you know, that's in large part because one of the best defensive players in the league has been out for the Bucks for most of it. Um, so, like, uh, you know, when it comes to Chris Paul, I, I, you know, I think the, the Suns are doing well and are doing good enough on offense to believe they can win mm-hmm. multiple playoff series. Um, but, I, you know, it's certainly worth having a discussion about, you know, as, as this goes along. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, our guest here on Arizona Sports. You mentioned the minutes being accrued by, by the Suns' big four especially. Actually, big three. DeAndre Ayton's not playing extended minutes, but we knew Kevin Durant was going to play a lot. We knew Devin Booker was going to play a lot. And I'm not as concerned about that number as I am right now, Brian. The number or the lack of numbers being put up in terms of production from the bench. They're not going to get a lot of yeah. time, but, you know, it was 90 2% of the points that were scored by the starters in, in, in the Game 4 win on Saturday. It's been north of 80% in every playoff game. Can you yeah. think of an example where that kind of pattern has been fruitful for a team on their way to a championship? It just doesn't seem like it's it's feasible. Yeah, generally no, but generally you don't have Booker and Durant at the front end True. of it. Um, 
So I would say that, yes, you know, I don't have all the, the data in front of me. Uh, I would say, yes, in general, that's true, that you don't think a team that's so top-heavy can go through four series. Uh, and, again, that's the concern. But in general, I mean, Booker, I don't know if, you know, this series hasn't been high profile nationally because the Suns have sort of established the lead. There's other there's sort of there's other fires, other places. Booker is playing as well as anybody in the playoffs. Uh-huh. I, I guess Jimmy Butler <laughs> may, yeah. may get the crown for now. So maybe we'll just say in the Western Conference. Um, but like even compared to like De'Aaron Fox, so look at Booker's numbers. Look at the way he's playing at both ends of the court. And you know, yeah, I'm I'm worried that he won't be able to hold up this way. But you, you know, Durant has kind of been you know average by his standards, yes. and he's averaging twenty eight eight and seven, <laughs> shooting fifty two percent. <laughs> wow. I mean, like I think there's room for improvement from yeah. him, and, and I just said those numbers. Yes. And you know, the thing I will say about this series is, compared to where they were at the start, you can feel them settling in on how they're going to play. I mean, Biombo has been terrific. Like he, at one point, Monty's playing four different centers trying to figure out who to play. Right. Uh-huh. So. Biombo has been good, and you know he's his minutes have been productive. So you know he's gonna for the time being at least he's gonna be a guy you're bringing off the bench. I think he's playing, you know, twelve minutes a game or something like that. Um, Tory Craig, not uh, Tory Craig is not gonna continue shooting this way. I, I think he's shooting something crazy like sixty seven percent and fifty six percent on threes. He's averaging sixteen points. Like I, I don't think he's gonna keep shooting this way. But like that with him as the starter, there's some settling in. And Akoji has been, you know, he has not shot the ball well, but he's been okay. And so I think that aligns so I think they have a I think he probably feels okay about that seven. And then, you know, Shamit's been bad. Shamit hasn't had a good series. So, you know, maybe the next series, Shamit plays better and, and Craig takes a step down. Um, I think in general, you're right. But I also think that as long as their offense is chugging like this and as long as Durant and Booker are healthy and producing like this, their margin for error is going to be significant. And that's what you're looking at in the playoffs. What's your margin for error? It's a great point. And, and you know as well as I do, the Suns, uh, they had some atonement to do after the way, the, the inglorious way they exited the playoffs last year. I think Kevin Durant's taking a lot of pressure off them. But if you get this series that people are already bracing for, a Warriors-Lakers series opposite, the Suns are going to continue to play in the shadows, if you will. Give us, if you if you don't mind, sketching out where you see the Western Conference going, because clearly the, the Warriors-Kings isn't over yet, but that injury to Deer and Fox, it's got people looking ahead. I just reset the West from your perspective, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, let me just say that I think the Grizzlies are playing very poorly. Um, they are not making a good showing. And I realize that they are wounded, and I realize that Ja is compromised, but they did not play a good nor smart game last night. And the Lakers got away with Anthony Davis playing poorly, and LeBron's numbers were good, but that was not a command LeBron performance. He had a few command plays. Uh-huh. Without question, the layup that he scored at the end of regulation to force overtime is a absolutely breathtaking command play. But, you know, if you look at the game like in whole, the Grizzlies have been extremely disappointing. And so, like, they are now uh, in really bad shape to, to get knocked out. And, um, you know, I... I 
the Lakers, I think, are very impressive since the trade, and I've obviously are not a seven seed. Um, they are something more than that. Just like I would say, the Suns are not a four seed. Just like I would say that the that the Warriors are not a six That's seed. True. <laughs> um, so, so, so the correct things are sort of happening here in terms of. But you know, the, the Grizzlies are not equating themselves well. They did not play smart nor well last night. Um, the Nuggets are, you know, kind of a. A, a bit of an enigma. They did, they really have not played their best basketball in a couple of months. And you can take slices out of of some of this series they play with Minnesota, and you can say, okay, they're kind of coming back. But uh, uh, if they play their best basketball, I think they can, you know, just because I think that the rest of these teams have some issues. Um, the Nuggets still are very potent, but they just haven't played their best basketball routinely in a while. Yeah. Uh, I think they finished the regular season going 12 and 11. And there've just been moments in this series where you just wondering about them. Um, so like that potential series, like um, uh, that's going to be an interesting one because it's very hard to play in Denver. Um, you know, they are, you know, one of the things about the Nuggets is they were um, a much better defensive team this year, and they've been the second best um, defense in the West so far. Again, I know it's small sample size, but that's what we have. They've played relatively well, but how much of that is the Wolves? The Wolves are missing a couple of really key players. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think the Nuggets are, to me, the Nuggets are the healthiest team mm-hmm. other than the Suns, but they're, but they're deeper than the Suns. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I do think I could sit here and make a case for you. I don't know if I can say the Lakers could win the West, but I could make a case for you. The Warriors, Nuggets, and, and Suns could. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll see how how the teams catch the rhythm. And frankly, I'm sorry to say this. I wish this wasn't true, but especially as we look at Giannis, we look at Embiid, we look at Darren Fox. Guys, this might just come down to who's the last man standing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, it's a, it's a war of attrition. Yeah, yep. and and the Suns have had good luck so far. Knock on wood. Knock on Brian, wood. thanks Thank you, so man. much, as always, for joining us. Great stuff. We really appreciate it. All right. Be well. Take care. You too. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. More to get you geared up for Game 5 tonight. Let's Suns go. and Clippers. Yeah, come on, clock. Let's go. You're going too slow. Let's get here already. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. Uh, I think that is the first time, what, first you know, what, round one where we had an opportunity to try to go to that one. Um, like I said, we're not, um, we're not approaching this game any different. We're just going to um, understand that we cannot disrespect our opponent and understand that they will come in here and play our game and we will be ready. That's DeAndre Ayton of the Suns yesterday. No different, no uh, different approach for this game five, but uh, the possibility remains. Suns could close out a series at home. Mm. 
buy some time before the next series and uh, Denver and Minnesota play tonight as well. So that series uh, could very well close out uh, this evening. And that would be your next round matchup against the top seeded Denver oh, Nuggets. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of stuff to chew on from, from what Brian Windhorst said. Oh, without a doubt. Because I, I think one of the things that might keep the Suns really anchored and focused on the moment is they can be watching this Nuggets game pregame because they proceed, right? Don't they proceed the Suns tonight? Uh, they they tip off at 6. Oh, okay. So they'll be in their, right. their game routine. By okay. You know, some, right. some trips back to the locker I'm sure uh, it'll be right. on in the locker yeah, right. room. Um, so, but, but either way, they'll be aware that their next opponent might be able to punch their ticket to the next round. So I think that can kind of keep them grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I, They just can't take anything for granted is, is what I think is happening here. Uh, the, the Clippers have, have not really kind of gotten what they've wanted from some of their supporting players and you never know when that contagious three-point shooting thing is going to happen yeah i'm curious to see we had andrew greif on yesterday from the la times we asked well hey what's the next piece of the on the chessboard to move from ty Lu?" and he mm-hmm. kind of pointed it at terrence man they tried batum he's given them nothing marcus morris was put in a weird spot he hasn't played a lot and he got starting minutes and shot the ball 13 times didn't shoot it well terrence man is one of those energy yeah. guys and a guy i really like as a player and he's had impact on this series He's good for about two or three really, really stupid fouls every game, mm-hmm. so you can count on that. But you know, does, does does he play more? Do they go to a smaller lineup? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see the kitchen sink thrown out there from from Ty Lue from a schematic standpoint tonight. Yeah, I think so. But you know, also focusing on and maybe we're appreciating it um, on this show. I don't know if the Suns fan base is appreciating what Devin Booker is doing in this series enough. Really? To, to hear Brian Winhorst say it, and he's right. He might be the best player start to finish in the playoffs so far. Well, what makes you think he's not getting the love that he deserves? Because, and I'm guilty of this too, I have been guilty of it earlier in the series, because we're all waiting for the Kevin Durant game. And that's the other thing that Brian Winhorst said that really rattled around my head again is he's averaging 28 points on 52% shooting or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And his terminology was, that leaves room for improvement, which is just mind-boggling, that somebody could put up those numbers and it's pedestrian for them. Yeah, I, I I don't think that Devin Booker's getting overshadowed, but I think you're right. I think people are still waiting for a um, a, a huge monstrous game from KD, and I and I think maybe this is more what the monstrous KD looks like, filling up a box score while just kind of fitting in and 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 being part of an offense. I, I'm I'm wondering, like I said, the CP3 thing is really a primary deal tonight because an additional day of rest coming off of a fourth quarter like he put on the court. You would assume that he could continue this now, maybe continue to feel comfortable. If he has one of these games where where his body isn't there, then I, then I think it alights new worries about him. Um, I think Torrey Craig has been out of his mind, and I wonder if what's happening here is the rising tide theory, that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant together scoring at a historic pace, um, leading the way as two alphas is just lifting everybody up. And if that is, that makes the Suns very, very dangerous as long as they don't get clipped by the minutes play dilemma. That, to me, it's the bench is the bench, and it's not going to get fixed this year. To me, it's can they do this dance with the devil and get out alive? The minutes play dance that they're doing. And and one of the ways you do it is you win tonight.
statistically, the big three is Durant, Booker, and Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig has the, a higher points per game than Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. It's in the funny. Playoffs. It was amazing Which is funny. This, and he, this and he's been it. so good. I mean, he's been making all the big threes. He's been playing. He's been rebounding. He's been confident. 67% from the floor, 22 of 33, 10 of 18. He was 10 of 16 going into the last game and actually so, missed his two threes on Saturday. Yeah. So when does that stop? That uh, So that's, you know, but again, I don't I don't think they need a great Torrey Craig to win, but this great Torrey Craig has really made things easier. Yeah, it's everything is everything is really going in the right direction. There will be adversity at some point in time, but uh, the best way to handle this minutes played thing, which is the primary issue facing the Phoenix Suns, how hot is this fire they are playing with? Yeah. Is it a big deal? Is it not? After Saturday's game, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, they really downplayed what these numbers look like raw and aggregate. Mm-hmm. That they don't feel the same playing them. Chris Paul even said, there are four or five minutes where KD and I are occupying, yeah. watching Devin Booker do his thing. And I think there's some validity to that point, too. It's yeah. on-court management. Because Devin Booker's not going to get tired. We know that. No, and Devin Booker, the other thing that's standing out, and, and I've got the aggregate stats for both teams in the series, and you know Devin Booker's scoring numbers, 34.8. He's shooting 57% from the floor. He's been ridiculous. But two numbers that stand out in this series, 11 steals and five block shots. Wow. The defense um, has been amazing for, for Devin Booker. Uh, and here's Monty Williams talking about, you know, Devin Booker's continued development on that end of the floor. Yeah. I mean, if you if you talk to these guys, when I first got here, it was one of the things that I, I talked about was his ability to compete on the ball and pick and roll coverages. The way he got over screens, the way he battled, if it was a late switch situation, and he didn't duck a matchup. And the story that I, I go back to my first year here, we were playing against somebody, and I won't say their name, but they were a big-time player. And I get a text in the middle of the night from Book. He's like, I didn't have him on that guy. And he's like, Coach, I want him. And that spoke volumes to me, and that was four years ago. And so... To see him taking on the challenge now is not surprising to me because I've seen it uh, for the last four years, and it, you know he'll get up, <laughs> he'll get upset with me sometimes when I do take him off uh, of a guy because he, he he doesn't want to run from any matchup. Now we've talked about it a lot on this show and the history of this show. Just every season, Devin mm-hmm. Booker adding more and more to his game. But when he came into the league, he was known as, "Hey, that's the guy from Kentucky that didn't start for 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 that." Team and he's all offense and no defense. He was asked about that yesterday at practice. Do you feel like that was fair? I mean, do you feel like you weren't a good defender at that point? No, I, I was. I was a good defender. That <laughs> <laughs> was Brian Windhorst yeah. asking that question. Uh-huh. Um, the numbers would do it. it, it the develop, just the eyeball test will tell you he's a much better defender. And then you see those numbers like eleven steals. He's creating well, havoc defensively. Look at, look at the way his body has changed yes. from his first year as uh-huh. a pro. And and that 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 will unlock a lot of mysteries for you, in terms of his commitment to oh, yeah. to who he is as a basketball player. A commitment as you have rightfully pointed out that Zion Williamson is yet to make, that Luka Doncic is yet to make. I mean, those guys I think are facing different challenges just from a, body you know, types. A, a body type standpoint. Now are they mesomorphs, Vinny? Is that what you're saying? I, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> 
I'm just saying they're chubby. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally chubby, yeah. Yeah. But but for guys like that, and we have an example in the league of a guy that was naturally chubby and Nikola Jokic, and he... Made the commitment he did. that he was going to be, uh, you know, committed to his body, and look how it's paid off. And uh, and I've made this parallel, Laurie Markkinen, in a different way, in terms of adding muscle and bulk. He's built himself into a monstrous force. He's so buff, uh, a lot of NFL GMs wouldn't draft him as a quarterback. <laughs> That's, right. Yeah. That's right. You can score That's the hottest funny. ticket in Town Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today during the noon and five o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game Five tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. That's ticket to six twenty six twenty. Coming up next, the nine o'clock hour begins in style with some social studies presided over by Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.